You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm your host, Fernando Shimudi. That's your leading the charge. And today I have the pleasure of having with me Randy Hartman to talk some Bills talk. Uh, Josh Allen, Shem McDermott, Paul Miller, this Biowick, and and I hope you can enjoy it. Hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Runners channel. Randy, welcome, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sorry, my bad. Didn't open the mic. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> man. Thank you so much. Ah, no problem. Thanks. So let's get it rolling. A lot of subjects, a lot of topics to talk about during this bye week. Unfortunately, the Bills record isn't what all of us were expecting by this time of the season, right? Six and six, uh, uh, the tough part of the schedule ahead, but the Bills are still alive and and, and obviously playing, they can play pretty well. We've seen it recently and unfortunately some bad mistakes and, and some some uh some difficulties in late in the games especially have cost them especially last week against the eagles in a game that could easily be maybe a, a super bowl preview with the way the bills played especially against the eagles but unfortunately uh it didn't go our, our way right randy and how are you feeling about this bills going forward man entering this bye week starting to to uh, trying to recover the the we saw stefan diggs being in and out of the game, checking himself actually in and out of the game. So the bye week arriving, Josh being able to recover his his shoulder a little bit more. And and even with this bad news about Von Miller, how are you feeling about this bye week and the Bills going forward with this tough stretch of this schedule going forward? Well, I mean, I, the bye week could have been a little earlier, would have been nice. Um, but, you know, as it stands where it is, Uh, they definitely need it. Uh, going forward, it's not the ideal position you want to be in. Uh, obviously, they want to be able to control their own destiny. And right now, it's kind of a situation like in 2019 where, or 2017 where you, you, know, you need help. Uh, you, can't, you can't take care of everything on your own. You can take care of what you can take care of, but you still need help. And that's not the position they want to be in. So for me... This season's all about missed opportunities so far, and there's been a lot of them. Um, going forward, they have to really capitalize on everything and and be, in my opinion, be a little bit more aggressive in terms of taking advantage of opportunities and creating opportunities um, to be able to get into playoffs. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, the this schedule looks tough, looks difficult. We have the Chiefs next sunday and then the cowboys who are playing well too and and obviously the last game against the dolphins the way the bills have played this season we can't never uh look ahead of the games against the chargers and against the patriots obviously uh i wish we could but unfortunately with the way this this season has played out we obviously gotta pay attention to those games too there's no room for error anymore and And but I, I feel like they've played some great football, man. I think I wasn't in favor of firing Dorsey. I thought like the offense could get better again moving forward with Dorsey at the helm as long as the defense started to play a little bit better, as soon as the special teams could play a little bit better. But there is uh, we can't deny that the offense got a, a big jump start with Joe Brady at the helm. He's been doing a great job. They've played really well since he, uh, he took over. And even the defense, with all the injuries, and a lot of people were like, oh, this injury, this defense is in trouble because of the, all the injuries. And 
I was always like thinking they can still play good football because they have a lot of pieces still. And McDermott is a defensive head coach and is a pretty good defensive coordinator, in my opinion. So, uh, and they have played well, at least for, for early stretches of the, some games. So the team looks competitive. They, it looks like they're playing really well. But on the other hand, you have a tough schedule. And I don't know, man, how to feel, how confident I can feel about this team making the playoffs or not. Because if you look on one hand, their opponents, not the in the schedule opponents, but their opponents for a wildcard spot, they aren't the, the most scary teams, especially missing quarterbacks and, and missing important pieces. But on the other hand, our schedule is tough. So how do you balance that? How how do you tell Bills fans to, okay, prepare yourselves because a rebound season is coming? Or how do you are like pump on, pump on the brakes because it's still going to be difficult? I mean, you got to be prepared for, for whatever comes. I mean, look, the way they played this year, and I kind of look at it as two seasons because you have the Dorsey part of the season and now you have the Brady part of the season. And even though, you know, they lost last week with, with Brady, uh, you know, leading the offense uh, from a coordinator standpoint, they they look a lot better. So, like, when you talk about New England, for, for example, down the road, that's a different game with Brady as the OC versus with Dorsey. Uh, I think there's a much more higher likelihood that we win that game. They they played Kansas City well, um, so I I think that's I mean that's a coin flip game. Dallas is a lot is a lot of the same way. They didn't handle Josh well, but that was three years ago. I mean, so many things have changed since then. There's not a whole lot you can take from those games. So I mean, there's always opportunity. I think the Bills are one of those teams to where they're they're at least a 50-50 in every single game they're in. You know, it's not a matter of them really being underdogs going forward, even even though the line might say minus two or minus three on some games or whatever, uh, in reality, they have, they have a shot in every single game they're in, even with the injuries and even with all the other BS and stuff that's going on. This is a team that can beat anybody on any, on any given day uh, straight up. So am I confident that they're going to be able to, you know, pull it together and make the playoffs? I think so. I think it'll probably end up being a wild card because – Unfortunately, I don't see Miami, you know, losing enough to give us a, a shot at winning the division. But I think I think getting into a wild card is a, is a good probability. And once we get in, anything can happen. Yeah, that's the good thing about this team, and because we've always talking about this about the Bills playing their best football early on the seasons and struggling down the road with injuries and stuff. And if they, the Bills are going to make the playoffs this year, uh, they're going to do in a in a good way, like uh, getting better in the right moment, right? Playing maybe the, their best football in the right moment. And it's totally possible. And again, next game against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs haven't been, despite the good record, they haven't been that dominant this year. So <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm not sure if you are facing that almighty Chiefs team. Maybe we have a good chance there, right? I mean, they, you know, their defense has significantly improved, you know, statistically over the past couple of years. So there's that factor. Like, yeah, they may not be explosive offensively, but also their defense has gotten uh, significantly better. So there's a, a balance that you have to take into account. I still think at the end of the day, it's two teams that are very evenly matched and they play each other well. So it's probably going to be a final possession type of game. I don't anticipate it being lopsided one way or the other. Um, I know a couple of years ago when we when we beat Kansas City, uh, there was a couple, uh, we'll say, there was a couple plays that we made that were advantageous uh, for us. Um, so I think a lot of people got a false sense of security when playing Kansas City, and then we had the divisional game, and you know it kind of fell back to. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. I, I think that I think that we have a good shot, but it wouldn't surprise me if they missed the playoffs, and you know we're in a position where the draft is more important because we get a shot at, at a more premium player. So it's just gotta take you gotta take it for what it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And thinking about Sean McDermott, man, because right after the game, I, I can't lie, man, and I've been pretty critical of McDermott recently, and I was done, man, because I really can't take it anymore to see Josh Allen on the sidelines, a few minutes to go. Guy has done his job, like, sometimes more than us, but the team ahead and watching his defense to fold down the stretch and, and lose the games uh, late in the games, man. And, and I really can't take it anymore. And also, I've been pretty critical of Coach McDermott about, man, it doesn't matter if you are a great defensive coordinator, you can elevate the level of your defense, play great football for three quarters, even four quarters. But if in the clutch moments of the game, last field drives, you, you basically give people three three points, you know, three three points like out of the start of the drive. Like, no, we're gonna play full prevent, move downfield uh, as you wish. And I, I'm too worried about not allowing a touchdown and then allowing people to tie games, go to overtime, not be aggressive enough to try to give your franchise quarterback. Uh, during 20 seconds, a, a chance to move downfield. I was totally mad. I, I still, I'm still a little bit mad at him. But I can understand the people who are like, no, let's take it easy. Especially the ownership, because it's easier as as fans of the team to want to be aggressive, right? But if you're an on team owner and you have all the financial side of the field of of this situation and if you take into consideration all McDermott's record, even looking at all big leagues, he's one of the winningest coaches in in all big leagues in major American sports. So I can understand giving him. He might deserve a chance to prove himself, to, to show that he can uh, make the necessary changes. And, and he made it uh, with Dorsey. But now it's more difficult because he got to change himself. He got he got to rethink about himself. He can't fire the defensive coordinator anymore, right? So how are you feeling about McDermott? Because for me, man, I don't believe Pegula will fire him in the end of the year, even if the Bills implodes and lose out. And I don't know. The only way I see the Bills firing McDermott is if it comes from from their leaders, you know, like Josh Allen can't stand the guy anymore and say something to Pegula himself, or but other otherwise I don't see it because McDermott has done enough to to deserve this this second chance after one bad season or one difficult season. But how do you feel about McDermott being able to rethink about his ways, rethink about how he acts late in games with his defense, how he calls his defense uh, on game winning or defending game winning drives? How confident are you that McDermott can really change himself, improve in those areas? Because I've been waiting for it since the 13 seconds, and I haven't seen it, man. I I, I don't know if I can be really, really confident he can change more. How do you feel about that, Randy? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, there's an old saying, and I don't know if this trend is, but 
but wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. And I think when you're when you're wishing for McDermott to ultimately change the way that he operates, uh, you know, that's exactly what you're going to get. Um, I think that he's a good defensive coordinator. I think that he's been a good head coach for us to this point. But I think you've seen enough from him, uh, especially with the way that the defense happens to fall apart late in games that matter. Um, and the results speak for themselves. Yes, we've been very good since Josh got here and even you know helping break the drought in 2017, and that's great. But I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think that he's in Marvin Lewis territory where when is being good not good enough? I, I don't think he's the guy that can ultimately take it to the next level. So I think that, uh, you know, should they move on from him? Yes. Do Will they? Probably not. I, I would say it's, it's like 95 to 5% uh, no versus yes. But in, in my opinion, I would, I would want him to go in a different direction. Um, you are wasting your franchise quarterback year in and year out with the same thing over and over. And eventually, one of two things is going to happen. The window's going to close, or that quarterback's going to want to leave. Uh, and I certainly hope it's not the latter, but it wouldn't surprise me if they keep McDermott around and three, you know, two, three, four years down the road, Josh says, "You know what? This isn't this isn't working." And if you're not going to get, if you're not going to move in a different direction that way, then maybe I need to go somewhere else. Yeah, man, and with Josh. It's dangerous when you have a guy like him in the sense of he always says the right things to the media and you you are like, okay, he's cool. Uh, McDermott haven't lost him yet. He He's supporting McDermott. He's supporting everything. But sometimes it's dangerous, man. Sometimes those players, those kind of players, they don't start giving some, some, uh, some tips like, uh, okay, he's starting to get annoyed by it no sometimes it simply happens you know and out of nothing you have josh allen once out of buffalo you know something like that because he won't probably do it through the media he's always like saying the right things to the media saying the right things about everybody and and he'll never throw his coach his teammates nobody under the bus so that's something i fear about the way josh uh, acts. I love the way he acts. I think he does the right things, but we can't really be sure about how comfortable he is with this situation. Just like I said, he, we are seeing the guy uh, led, lead a lot of game-winning drives down the stretch and, and to see the defense simply not being able to hold down their own, right? Since the 13th seconds against the Cardinals, against a lot of teams. So it's really worrisome, in my opinion, and something I fear and I'm a few about McDermott, man. Even after thinking about uh, a lot about him, I think he, no matter how much we want it or not, he'll have an opportunity again to prove himself to to win tough games in this in this last this last part of the the schedule and and to to lead the Bills to the playoffs. And just like you said, if they get in, that's a dangerous team. We have don't we really don't have a. Uh, a juggernaut contender uh, on either side, in my opinion. So this Bills team can win it all if they get into the playoffs. Uh, but it's up to McDermott to be able to coach those guys, to keep them, them disciplined enough and playing well enough to fix his problems. And ultimately, that's what makes me question if they really will make the playoffs. They will be will they be disciplined enough in this last part of the year to be able to play mistake-free football both sides and be able to beat those difficult uh, opponents and get in. I don't know, man. We, I ha we haven't seen it for this team so far this year, and they don't have a lot of margin for error right now. Big test for McDermott. Just like you said, even if he, he doesn't make it, I don't see he getting fired, but I think they should. And tell me one thing, how crazy am I? of thinking about being very, very aggressive in this bye week. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but firing McDermott, giving an opportunity to, to, to Joe Brady be the interim head coach for, for some games and to see 
what's going on under maybe Joe Brady because that's a guy who I I really I, I'm starting to get worried about missing him or, or losing him late in the season or after the season. And again, even if we fire McDermott, it's not like we can do a lot of stuff roster-wise. If a new head coach arrives, even if we, you try to you don't necessarily need to fire Bean too, but if you change the, the general manager, it's tough because the roster we have a lot of money already allocated to this roster it's tough to to retool a lot of this roster you know to rebuild this roster so how crazy is this idea and do you think it would be positive if the bills did that not maybe in the bye week but in the next few games if the bills lose some games against the chiefs against the cowboys for example Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't anticipate change uh, from the head coaching position, but you know, after the season, um, and again, we got to remember that it's not up to, it's not up to Brandon Bean. Both of them have direct line to to Terry Pagula, and he's also um, to save his, you know, job or anything like that. Not that, not that his job necessarily should be in question. I think out of the two of them, Bean should be the safer of them. Um, so really it's going to come down to, to Terry Pagula and what he thinks, uh, you know, where he thinks the franchise is at this point under McDermott, under Brandon Bean, should he move on from one or both of them? Uh, I think the the better move is to keep Brandon Bean and, and move on to a different head coach. But again, I, I don't, I don't know if Pagula is, is there yet, uh, no matter how they finish, whether they, you know, anything short of a Super Bowl. you know, obviously a deep playoff run is going to change his perspective, um, but where it sits right now, uh, even accounting for the injuries, I mean, six and six, there was a lot of missed opportunity in this season. And then there's allocation of assets on defense and, you know, the whole Von Miller thing and how that hasn't uh, worked out at all the way that anybody is, has hoped. Um, there's a lot of questions to be answered going forward this this season in the off season and, and, and next year, too. So uh, a lot of decisions will be made. Uh, I don't think Joe Brady uh, has earned uh, even an interim head coaching job, much less uh, an actual head coaching job. Uh, I think your better bet is to leave him in the position that he's in, give him a full offseason with Josh uh, as the offensive coordinator and, and kind of revamp your approach there. Defensive coordinator, I know that there's Bobby Babich waiting in the wings. There's Al Holcomb waiting in the wings. So maybe taking that off McDermott's plate would be better um, going forward next year. But, you know, I I still think that there, there are certain things that McDermott does uh, in a game-in, game-out basis that he just, as much as he tries to self-scout, he just can't change certain tendencies. And those are the things that we see late in games to where, I mean, essentially, if we score, and I'll give you this example, when we score with – roughly two minutes left to take a lead basically from the 13 seconds game on and even a little bit before that but from that game on every single game in my mind we're losing because that defense consistently and i've used this term before and uh, i've used another term but it's a little bit more uh, blue than this one but this defense folds like a lawn chair every time you get in, in crunch time in important games and games that matter against good teams and that's what really that's what really changes the opinion for me. Like it's great to beat up on on bad teams, you know. Any any good team sh- should be able to be beat up on on the mediocre and bad teams. And we've done a great job of that in the last four years. What we haven't done a great job of is, and I think I think that's a direct line to. Uh, to the head coach and his just general. Yeah, man, I, I really, I really can't understand how. He, I don't know if you got all that. There's no really issue. Yeah, it was a little bit laggy, but I really can't understand how he changes his 
his approach down down the line in, in clutch situations like I, I couldn't stand giving he he basically handed uh three points to the Eagles like no move downfield and and it will it wouldn't be even easier if not by Kelsey's penalties right to be able to kick that field goal and tie the game so he was totally afraid of giving up a touchdown that he gave the ter- the three points instead of trying to win the game with his defense uh in that situation and and even not giving Josh an opportunity in the 20 seconds I saw a lot of people acting like okay but Josh has thrown interceptions and and it's dangerous man if I'm the head coach I have a franchise quarterback 40 million per year and I'm going to put the ball in his hand and if he throws the interception okay then we're going to call him out because that's the time you want Josh well, to beat Cesar and and win the game for you what's the old, lose the game for you what's what's the old saying if you're going to go down go down swinging right yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what that's what everybody wants. If you're if you're yeah. in a close game and you got it and you got a shot, you got a shot to win it. You know, you take the shot. If you miss, you know what? You miss. It happens. But I think there would be a lot more people that would be understanding of if they had, you know, put the ball in the hands of the guy that you paid damn near a quarter billion dollars to, you know, instead instead of yeah, this absolutely. innate conservativeness that says. Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna try and 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 you know play defense and win it that way, and it's been proven old school bullshit that doesn't work. That's been proven over and over and over. It, it's it's just one of those things where he just the tendency will not change. You know, certain things you can change. You can try and adjust your mindset and be open to new ideas and everything, but in crunch time. When it matters in those high intensity moments where he's got to make a split decision, it's always going a certain direction. It hasn't changed. And the results haven't changed because of it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. And and I was totally mad at it. And man, we've seen the media a lot. I don't understand how former players, some form former player actually i understand because they are still tied to their pre-draft uh opinions on josh or, or something like that because there is no way you can put this kind of loss on josh allen or you can put this situation the bills are in on josh allen yes he throws interceptions he throws some he he commits some turnovers yeah but man the guy leads the league in touchdowns by a, a wide margin and he has more touchdowns than a lot of other teams not other players right i just saw today on twitter and we have the miami dolphins with 44 touchdowns the baltimore ravens with 37 touchdowns then josh allen with 33 and then the Kansas city chiefs with 10, 28 touchdowns all the all the 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 major statistics and and especially advanced metrics they love josh allen if the bills were like a three or four team four loss team right now josh allen would be the favorite by a wide margin to win the mvp award this season and unfortunately they are six and six and people are trying to put all the bills struggles on josh allen man i can't stand that and if it's gonna happen at least as a head coach give this guy a chance to defend himself and to throw the ball with 20 seconds left and then if he throws an interception even himself will deal better with the blame because he'll be like okay i had the shot to make it happen and i couldn't right but the way it is right now man he's receiving way too much blame for a situation that he actually is doing a a great job of uh, avoiding it but unfortunately uh, it's not just up to him, and people want to use that interception in the fourth quarter. A guy who's who's throwing like crazy number of interceptions and scoring a crazy number of inter- interceptions, obviously he will throw some interceptions, right? Uh, a crazy number of touchdowns, sorry. Obviously he will throw some interceptions. Just as Darius Slay said, okay, this guy is not throwing the ball 20 times a game. He's throwing the ball 51 times against a, a Super Bowl contender obviously he will make a mistake at some point you can't expect josh allen to be perfect all game long every game so you can win by a, a minimal margin in overtime so 
the guy needs some help and he needs help from his teammates he needs help especially from his head coach and i've i've said it since the 13 seconds he saw he put the bills in a condition to win those that, that game against the chiefs twice not once but twice he, he led two game winning drives in that in that game in the last two minutes just to see the defense folding and giving up the scores and even again in the overtime and losing that game and it this has happened more than once it has happened a lot of times and that's why it's so difficult to keep understanding keep uh on mcdemot's side you know but yet again he will have another opportunity so time will tell man but i don't know i feel like uh we can't allow it to happen uh way more or we have the risk of dealing with josh allen asking out at some point just like you pointed out before and i really believe it can happen if if he doesn't see a change uh of mindset from his head coach first and then from from the ownership not doing anything to to change these things Diggs has been has voiced this already last year after the Bengals. oh it's always the same it's always the same and we don't see Diggs saying anything anymore the last interview he was like will it change if i tell you i don't like it it won't change i will be a professional and do my job so this message really tells me a lot about how this locker room uh is right now Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Bills Mafia, please uh, let us know your opinion about uh, all this situation. What do you think about the Bills going forward? You can comment in the chat, comment in the, the YouTube comment section. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings channel. And let us know your opinion. Are you confident the Bills will make the playoffs? Are you still confident McDermott uh, being able to change his ways, to correct his mistakes, to, to start acting differently late in the games and help Josh Allen a little bit more let us know in the chat in the comment section it will be a pleasure to interact with you Randy so uh Josh Allen playing an MVP like season how do you feel about uh what can change man in one of these comments today on Twitter about uh his numbers the crazy high numbers of touchdowns compared even to other teams uh there was one guy saying look he's an M- the mvp because despite all his touchdowns his team is six and six and actually it, it i i thought that about the total opposite i questioned the bills roster the bills coaching in everything bills related because of this comment because if you have your best player being what seems like the best player in the league this season and it's still not enough man it says a lot about your coaching staff it says a lot about your roster overall how do you feel about this situation do you think josh allen mvp season really isn't an mvp season because of his mistakes or do you feel it's just showing that the bills aren't this powerhouse that we believed so before the year started It shows that we're a flawed team is what it shows. You know, so how many times in game do, do we sit there and say it basically, and especially with the Dorsey, you know, era, the like season and a half, did it, did it look like basically the plan was, all right, Josh, go make a play. You know, I mean, and that's, and that's the reason why Dorsey's gone is that, yeah, that a lot of the numbers and the efficiency numbers were up. And that's why people pointed to things like EPA and all this other stuff and said, Oh, look, Dorsey's not bad. Look at how, Look at how well we're doing in all these metric categories. And to which point I say, well, yeah, also look at the fucking scoreboard and see that we're not we're not putting up the points to win games. You know, statistics and numbers are great and you can use them to say a lot of things. But at the end of the day, 
The game is the game is about who can score the more the most points, and we weren't doing it. The reason why we're six and six is because we weren't able to score in important times when it mattered, and that's a that's a direct line back to the offensive coordinator and the offense as a whole. A not having the right game plan in place, not being able to take advantage of matchups and doing things to put you in advantageous positions to score points and win games. And also it points to the quarterback struggling a little bit with the overall picture and what he was being asked to do. And I think part of that goes back to your head coach and constantly telling him, you know, be smart. Don't, you know, don't take these adverse risks of running and all this other stuff. And it's like, just let the guy, let Josh be Josh. You know, and I think we've seen more of that with Brady, which gives, I think most Bills fans, it gives us a, a glimmer of hope that we're going to see the return of, you know, the guy that everybody thought we had, you know, this whole time. Um, and so, yeah, he's been putting up MVP numbers, but it's it's one of those things to where people don't think he's having that type of year based on perception. You know, I think Josh is... Josh is a lightning rod for so many people um, that he he can have this type of season. And there are people that are going to be on national TV saying, you know, the Bills can't win with him, which is asinine and absurd. But it's the way it's the way it is. It, MVP isn't just about who's got the best stats. It's who's got the best stats as a quarterback on the best team. So it, it's not just the best player in the league i think objectively if you look at all the numbers turnovers included you know josh should be in the in the top one or two uh in the mvp conversation but based on the team record and the way that they've lost games and the national narratives about josh and this team i don't think he's in the top 10 right now Awesome. Okay. Uh, we have a comment here about Josh Allen is the next John Elway, about Trey White and Vaughn got hurt. I don't know what people want Bean to do. It's bad luck. Those are two transcendent talent that will be back next year. Man, not so sure, right? Especially with Vaughn's situation right now, but especially Trey White, okay, he's, a, he's still a good player, great player, but we just added Rasul Douglas, who has played great to his place. So I really feel like the defense still has enough to 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 play well even without Trip. Vaughn on the other side is trying to get back from a major injury and sometimes it takes time, right? And and he's also aging, so you never know if we've seen probably we've seen the best of Von Miller already in the past and he won't be able to play at a great uh, dominant level anymore we don't know it's not just his age but also getting getting back from a difficult injury still those those this defense had a lot of investment through the years and again Russell Douglas just arrived you added Joseph to help you at defensive tackle Daquan Jones is actually the best player of this trio in my opinion right now between Trey Vaughn and Daquan Jones and he's even more missed than than Trey and Vaughn right now. But still, you have Joseph, you have Douglas. We have some pieces to work with. And I think McDermott has been able to do a good job with this defense, actually. The problem is not the piece. It is not, it's not about the pieces. It's not about uh, the schemes not being good. It's about his play calling and his mindset to close out games. I, I think it's pretty clear with McDermott and his defense. They are able to play well against good offenses, but can they close out games? And we've seen year after year that they haven't been so. It's difficult because you change the players, you change the defenses, you fire Leslie Fraser, but the result's still the same. I don't know about you, Randy, but I, I don't don't take this kind of of excuse anymore for this defense, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and going back to the point from the comment about, you know, those guys getting hurt. Yeah, injuries are part of the game, so you have to overcome and, and move on from those. But also, th those two specific players point to another issue of, A, asset allocation and risk management. 
you know, and talking about Vaughn's legal issue, I'm talking about his health issue, you know, he, he was performing for the part of the season before he got hurt, but the risk assessment that you take in a guy that's had those major injuries previously and giving them that type of deal and that type of guaranteed money, it is a major risk. And right now what we're seeing is that the return on investment for that major risk has not been advantageous for the bills. It's been great for Von Miller's pocket, but it hasn't been great for us. We've got a half season out of them, and now we've got this pending legal issue to deal with and all the repercussions from that. Trey White, you know, you signed him to a good deal, and then he got hurt, so that's a different story, and they've done their best to try and back up that position. Now, they swung and missed on Elam, apparently. They hit on Benford, and they made a great trade for Roswell Douglas um, at the trade deadline. So that loss has been minimized by the moves that, that Bean has, has made to, to make up for originally losing Trey. So I don't look at that as, as much. Yeah, it does matter a little bit, but the overarching issue, as you alluded to, is the, is the defense led by Sean McDermott. Um, and I think you know, going forward, uh, as far as Bean is concerned and surrounding, I know we kind of jumped around a little bit, but adding talent for, for Josh, I think you'll kind of see this offseason who has a little bit more sway because I know a lot of people want to add a receiver, uh, and I do too. I want to add two of them, actually. But I am under the impression that it will not be early. Um, just trying to, you know, not, not no inside information or anything. I don't want to give that impression, but just based on my feelings and the way that I view you know, uh, this team's philosophy and drafting process. I just don't see it as something that's going to uh, make its way into the first round unless there's just an undeniable uh, option available. Uh, and, and we're talking yeah, going, going, big time option, sorry, not, uh, not pick your favorite wider. Sorry for interrupting you, but even going farther, man, I expect Gabe Davis to be back in a, in a cheap contract, you know, because He's going to be a free agent in a year that the draft class is loaded with wide receivers prospects. So in the last offseason, we didn't see any wide receivers getting the bag, right? We saw DJ Chark, Paris Campbell, those guys signing very cheap deals. I think if Gabe Davis checked the market and nobody overpays for him, what I, I think is a lock right now with the season he has had so far, only if he changes in the second part of the season. But the way it's... it's it's gone so far. Man, I see Brandon Bean and McDonald bringing him back uh, for a, a reasonable deal, you know, and, and moving moving on with him. That's what I expect from them, even though I, I really don't want it to happen. But that's what I see happening with the Bills in the offseason regarding wide receivers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. some problems with Randy I think the connection is freezing a bit so going forward man uh, it's bye week and I think it's a good time to to assess or reassess some of the expectations we had before the season started and how it's been so far with the difficulty year or the six and six records so far that we weren't expecting but that's a good time to to talk about the guys who had played up to the level that we expected and the guys who haven't played up to this level. Uh, I already told you and, and Randy here that I'm pretty content with the season Josh Allen has had so far. I think uh, a lot of things around him isn't enough. I'm not saying Josh doesn't deserve any 
criticism. I think he had his fair share of mistakes, his bad games, especially against the Jets in week one. And again, against the Broncos, it wasn't ideal. But I think he, if things are better around him, we're, we're talking about an MVP season. And, and But around him, that's my big-time question because I never felt like the Bills had a, a great roster overall, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think the defense was great. I think the defense was top five material. And, and despite always thinking that they wouldn't deal well against big-time teams in clutch moments, and it has happened. Uh, but I feel like they still have enough not to be this top top five defense, but to be a top 10, top 15 opportunistic defense that can uh, make plays and, and, and get turnovers in important moments, get some stops in important moments, and leave the field and give the offense opportunities to win the games. And unfortunately, especially when the game uh, is on the line and the offense has done its job, they haven't done their job. So guys that have really uh, been less than ideal this year or the expectations were high and, and aren't as good right now anymore, in my opinion, first of all, that I really need to... to I really need to to add is Kair Elan. Kair Elan, man, we really wanted, we really needed him to play at a great level this year. First round pick, we traded up for him. And just like Wendy said previously, thankfully, Benford has been a, a, an awesome find late in the draft and has played in a great level. And it has minim minimized the lack of impact that we've seen from Kair Elan. But still, we're talking about a first-round cornerback, a guy who, who should be able to, at this point, play really well and cover number one wide receivers and do a great job and offer the Bills something they don't have, a cornerback that can play outside the structure, outside the, their schemes and their zone schemes, right? And men up, press men up some of the best uh, wide receivers in the league and, and held his own. Unfortunately, Kair hasn't become this guy, and 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 I think it's it's a uh, something that this team misses because we still have to play all the time those zone coverages and and trust communication between the defensive backs, trust uh, smarts, trust um, physicality, tackling. But you don't have those guys that can man up some of the best receivers, run with them, and make plays. So Kyrie Elan is one of the biggest letdowns, in my opinion, in this uh, season. Randy, in your opinion, who's the guy who who's the biggest letdown in this defensive side of the ball this year that you expected the most? And unfortunately, uh, it's been nowhere near close this kind of level. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it's hard not a point at Elam uh, but also you know and I know that there are some injury issues that have to do with it but I feel like Russo has been a little bit underwhelming uh, based on expectations coming into this year uh, and also the safeties I mean we've we've seen uh, both Poyer and Hyde give up some pretty big plays them being back and healthy this year you know I know a lot of people uh, were expecting them to really you know, lock down that back end of the defense, and it hasn't been what it was in previous years. Now, a lot of that could be signs of aging. I know I felt like Poyer should have been, uh, you know, should have walked after this past year, and, uh, you know, but they brought him back, and that's fine, but this should be it for him. Uh, I think the signs are there, so I look for that to be addressed. But, yeah, I think safeties have been a letdown. Uh and then, you know, Russo and obviously Elam uh, have been a letdown also. The linebackers have been uh, an overwhelming surprise for this defense. I was not high on this linebacker group, Sans Milano, going into the season, and they've really overperformed. So uh, you know, good My moves there uh, in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, your guy Bernard, you got it. But uh, the rest of them, and, and Epines has been good too, you know, and Leonard Floyd, they both, you know, I think it's it's easy to miss, but I mean this this defense is on 
either on pace or already over the 40 sack uh, threshold. So, you know, a lot of people chime back to the old, you know, the cold front days, you know, with the, you know, the, the four guys and 40 sacks. But, I mean, we're, we're in that territory right now. But it sure doesn't feel, feel like it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm really happy with Bernard, and, and he's been better than I expected. I expected him to do a good job, to be able to feel that middle linebacker and start to grow, right? But to be able to transition so so fast, and the way he already is totally in command, you see, like, he calling a play, and, and against the Eagles, for example, Hurts changing the play in the, in the line of scrimmage, and Bernard quickly changing the play on the defense side of the ball, too and 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 was pointing out to his teammates and and being sure that everybody was in position it was a thing of beauty i think that we even with Edmonds for so many years and in the command of this defense we didn't really see it happening so it was really cool to see how bernard has has been able to to so quickly become this kind of linebacker and and i really wish we could have seen more with him and milano together because that was up there with the best linebacker duels in the NFL this year. Unfortunately, we we couldn't see more from them together, and hopefully we can see more of them together next year. And with Rousseau, I think it's fair right now to start questioning about his health issues, right, Randy? Because, again, he had some, some stretches where he looked really good, improved, and, and the guy we needed him to be. But then, again, injuries and, and not missing time, but... He's playing injury, then it slows him down, and he isn't really that impact player you need him to be. So it starts to it started to worry me about him. Will we ever be? Uh, will we ever see Rousseau fully healthy playing uh, uh, healthy all season long? I I don't know. I think it's a fair question to be asked right now. Yeah, I think it's at at the end of the year you're probably going to find out that he pl- he played hobbled basically all year. Um, so it, you know, you're probably not going to see him. And as this, as this comment address, he's got a broken bone in his foot. Um, so he's he's been on the mend for a while, and that's one of those things to where you, it's gonna it's gonna take time. So hopefully, you know, he's he's rested up and and available for this uh, for this final run of the season to where he's going to be fully healthy. But uh, with those type of injuries, it's not something that uh, I expect to see a 100% Russo uh, until next year. But if he can if he can be impactful at at seventy percent eighty percent, that's great. We've been getting great production out of Floyd and Epineza and Oliver. Um, you know, it's just a matter of uh, the other guys being able to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, and Oliver is another one, right? I'm really, I think the guy just like I single out Elon in the negative side. Obviously, Bernard would be the guy I, I would like to single out on the positive side. But at Oliver had. He's talked about outplaying his contract, and he has done that. It's been really good to see. And even without Daquan Jones, he's been able to play really well. It's really promising with the way uh, the Bills locked him up to the next few seasons to be able to see Ed Oliver playing at this level. And again, we have a question here or, or a comment about uh, Epeneza, right? Uh, let me find it here. So... Do you think the Bills go after another great pass rusher this offseason? I like Epineza, but I think he's more a complementary pass rusher, not a lead pass rusher. And yeah, Epineza isn't that every down guy, right? He's played better, but I, I still don't feel confident in, uh, having him as a starter. I think Leonard Floyd has played great football, and the Bills probably should do whatever they want. Obviously, not overpaying, but they should try hard to keep him going forward because he's played really, really well. And we are we are locked to Vaughn also, right? Going forward, obviously we have now these legal problems, but we are locked to him. We can't get rid of Vaughn anytime soon. So it will be hard to invest a lot in this pass rush department. Maybe we see Bean spending draft uh, draft capital again in defensive end position, just like we saw with Rousseau, Boogie Bash, and Epineza, and the list goes on, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of the worst case scenario, isn't it? You know, passing on passing on adding weapons for Josh in favor of more defensive help. 
You know, more yeah. defensive help, more pass rush, more defensive tackles, more corners. You know, yeah. For a defensive guru, how much, how many first and second round picks does this guy need to get his defense in a position to where they're over, to where they're over the hump? I mean, it's it's one of my huge frustrations, and I know that they they spent you know a first on Dalton Kincaid this past year, and they traded a first for Diggs. I get all that. Finally, you know, right? Finally, it's, they just, did it. it's so it's frustrating. Time, right? Yeah, finally, it's it's just it's really frustrating that. They keep on allocating all these high-end resources and kind and honestly, as bad as the situation is, the Von Miller situation is, it's almost best case scenario if we can move on from him without any financial repercussions to where we don't absorb any sort of cap hit or anything. I mean, if he's going 35 years old going on, coming off another major injury where he's not impactful for the season. It's almost better if we can get away from him without without getting hit on a cap or uh, any other financial obligation, and being able to re-sign Epinesa to a mid-level deal and re-sign Leonard Floyd to a decent two or three-year deal, and then go look in free agency and maybe in the mid rounds of the draft, second, third, fourth round in the draft, picking up a defensive end that you really like. It, to me, with an aging roster that's negative twenty-nine million going into next year before they pull any levers. It's better to be able to do that versus keep Vaughn and then, you know, lose AJ or expend more resources on AJ and Floyd when you really don't have that much money to begin with and you still need to add weapons for Josh Allen and look down the road at both tackle spots, both wide receiver spots, slot receiver. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in the moment and say, well, we need this this year. Look down the road. You have Dawkins and Spencer Brown coming to the end of their contracts. Gabe Davis is at the end of his contract. You don't have a solid answer, you know, with Deontay Hardy. So you hope that Khalil Shakir is the answer there. He's going to be going into year three next year on a four-year deal. So you don't have a long-term answer there. There's a lot of questions. Mitch Morris is coming to the end of his deal. And and we're talking about spending more, more and more and more on defense, 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 when we've got holes galore on the horizon on the offense and a franchise quarterback who's basically going to be doing it all himself. Yeah. Again, figure it out, Josh. Carry the team, Josh. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah. It's, what, it's, what do you need yeah, weapons for when we can just go put the whole thing on your back? Yeah. Make Robert Foster become a, a top-notch weapon, Josh. <laughs> so this kind of yeah. stuff is it's what really – uh, makes me crazy. Uh, when we started to have the injuries and people were like, oh, we lost Milan, we lost Daquan Jones, we lost Travis White, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks, man. And and then, oh, the defense is playing at the most absolutely best level they can with those injuries and the offense is fully healthy and they are playing bad. And I'm like, okay, but let's look at the investment of both sides of the balls. Let's look, let's look at the investment of, of this fully healthy offense and the investment on this injured defense and man we still have a lot of first round picks on the, that side of the ball a lot of our own picks and and free agent additions on that side of the ball and on the offense we have josh we have Diggs, and then finally they added kincaid and torrance but man they are rookies right and then knox was injured right we lost a, a running back that we traded for and that was a, an impactful player in, in special teams to a jet ski crash so Man, it's crazy, right? So how can we, we we still defend this kind of approach? That's what I think about. And I think it's about time to give Josh Allen uh, more weapons so he can really win games for us, not on his own, with but with more help alongside him. And to close it out, uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball because we single out Elon, Bainford, Oliver, right? Some, some guys, Vaughn Miller. On the defensive side of the ball, but on the offensive side of the ball, the guys I want to single out positively are those two guys in, in in our offensive line. One is a rookie, other is a veteran, and I really like how Torrance could uh, step in and start right away. And man, it's been a long time since I've been able to see a, a, an interior offensive line from the Bills to anchor just like he does against some of the strongest men in the league and. And be able to hold him, hold his own 
uh, on one-on-one passing situations. So obviously he's a rookie. Obviously he loses some some battles, some snaps. But I'm really impressed by Torrance so far. And the other guy, Dion Dawkins. I've never been a big, big Dion Dawkins fan. I was like, okay, that guy is solid, but not awesome. Left tackle, franchise left tackle material, in my opinion. But this year, I finally am able to. I'm able to see Dion Dawkins playing in, in a different level. It looks like he's never been in a better shape. He's moving well. He's he's being used as a, a puller, right, in the run game, and he's being nasty there. So. Those two guys, I I, I really want to shout out, send a shout out to them because those are the guys I'd like to give my props to in the season, in the offensive side of the ball. How about you, Randy? Well, I mean, I, I, you can't say enough about what Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen are doing this year, and I think you know James Cook is is having a somewhat quiet breakout year. I mean, he's on pace for uh, well over a thousand. Uh, or was he? He's he's on pace for over a thousand rushing yards, and I haven't I haven't looked up his all of his stats lately. But he's on pace for a really good year. And I wanted to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago before you switched over to the offense, talking about mm-hmm. you know the the allocation of assets on on defense versus offense. And if you if you go yeah. back and you look at our schedule, you know if you so we lost the Jags by five, we lost the Jets by by six, right? Other than those two games, you're talking about the Patriots was a four-point game. Uh, you know, the Bengals was was a six-point game. You're talking about one more touchdown a game being the major difference in in winning these games that we lost. And to me, the Broncos was two points. Eagles was three points. So you're really talking about going from a field goal to a touchdown for a lot of these games as being the difference. Adding more resources offensively changes that. And I think, like, Gabe Davis, for example, is a guy that he operates better as, like, a third or fourth option and not a number two, which is why I don't want them to bring him back. Um, I think, uh, to use a phrase from Brandon Bean, he has earned the right to test free agency, and uh, I hope that he passes that test with another team. Um, Plain and simple. I mean, it's... Until they added Kincaid, it was Josh and, and Diggs. Josh and Diggs, Josh and Diggs. And every now and again, you get a good game from, from Singletary. And and right now, you know, Cook is getting more involved, which is good because his skill set is, is the type of thing that you can use in the passing game. Uh, I wish their, their run concepts were a little bit more advantageous skills, but, you know, that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, man. I hope Debo and Show love Gabe Davis as much as Bean and McDermott do. <laughs> they maybe can pay Gabe Davis, take him to the Giants, and I would be happy for everybody in that situation, you know. Uh, and and how about the guys that let us down on the offensive side of the ball? Because okay, I love what Josh and Diggs obviously are doing. I love what what. Dawkins and Torrance have, have done. You singled out Cook. Kincaid also has been impressive for a rookie tight end. Uh, but how about the guys who let us down? And we already talked about Gabe, and I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's in a number two. He's in a bad, better situation when he's a number three, number four. You can move him a little bit around, use his blocking skills off that without counting on him to be a difference maker as your number two. But, man, Hardy. This guy, man, it was a total letdown in my opinion because you were expecting an, uh, an upgrade over McKenzie, a guy who could be electric, a guy who could help you with screen passes, those easy passes for Josh to get some yak. And even in the return game, and the special teams is something that we don't talk enough, but they have been awful, right? Uh, in the return game, yeah. and kicking game, punting game, Cover in coverage, so every every everywhere you look in the specialty department, it, it hasn't been good, and it counts also. It has an impact on 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 those Bills losses. So Hardy has been a big. You just pinpointed me from next kicker. Yeah, and, and and Hardy, we we invested a lot in Hardy, right? They went hard after him. Obviously, it's not a big time contract, but it's a two year deal with some some 
nice money on it that you could have allocated in other places of this roster of this offense. I think they they totally made a mistake in in, in this scouting professional scouting department hardy isn't that guy anymore unfortunately maybe because of his injury but that's the guy who after gabe man that's the guy i i've been really down this year with we've seen so far through these, those weeks leading to the buy yeah he's, he's gonna be anybody else that you would like to, to single out negatively on the offense closing comments so that we can close this out this is the charge i always thanking bills mafia for joining us participating in the chat feel free to comment in the comment section hit that like button this episode is also available on spotify uh apple podcast so thank you so much mafia randy thank you so much for joining closing comments uh, about all those subjects those topics we talked about or anybody else that's what you would like to single out positively negatively feel free man thank you so much for yeah. joining us i appreciate it no i mean i think it'll be a real interesting uh close of the season down the stretch and especially the off season uh going into uh you know the draft and everything this year there's going to be a lot of eyes on uh on one bill's drive and and what's going on there um both in a positive and a negative sense. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about um, for the next, you know, eight months, basically, uh, up until kickoff next year, uh, whether it's good or bad. So uh, I'm, I'll am i be watching. I'm here for it. I'm along for the ride, just like everybody else is. And, uh, you know, hopefully things turn out for the best and go Bills. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to those uh, draft podcast. Looking forward to those, so you can join us and we can talk some drafts, some prospects, and 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 see who or where the Bills can look at to improve this roster going forward. Really appreciate you taking your time. You are always uh, ready to join, to jump jump on. I really appreciate you, and thank you, Bills. Thank you, Bills Mafia, for joining us. I'll be back uh, on Sunday with the lead the charge in Portuguese for Latin America, Brazil. Portuguese speaking uh, countries. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed. See you around. Go Bills. Go Bills, man. Thank you. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.